You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Well, 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 it's uh, exactly 15 minutes after 9 South African time. It's a beautiful night here in Johannesburg, here in Lanasia. But Well, it's a bit cold, it's a bit windy, but of course we thank Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it's cold, whether it's hot, we still make shukar and we still always thank our beloved Allah. And we thank God always for always whatever Allah has placed it in front of us. We thank Him and we make shukar to our beloved Honorable Azza wa Jalla Amma Nawaluhu, our beloved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To all the listeners out there who are tuning in and listening to the program, the discussion on this beautiful night, beautiful evening. I see many, many listeners. I've got from Senton, I've got from Marlboro, I've got from uh, uh, from Ridgeway as well, who are listening to the program. Uh, and the questions, yes, you can send your questions in on 084-786-3132. 084-786-3132. International Overseas Listeners, plus 27 84786 Our topic this evening is how to overcome gambling. How do we offer support? Do we chase them? Do we fight with them? Do we get them locked up? What do we do? How do we go about it? That's the question that we're going to be asking our two guests. And that is Brother Gareth Carter. And we will be crossing over in a few minutes' time to Hazrat Malana Salim Karim. But nevertheless, it's a beautiful night, a beautiful evening. Many, many, many listeners overseas are listening to us. I've got from Maputo as well, Mozambique, who's listening to us. I've got from Durban. I've got from Escort. So any questions you would like to pose, please do feel free. Our uh, beloved brother Gareth will be answering your question. Let's go to him this evening. Uh, brother Gareth, good evening. How are you? Hey, hey, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaika hadakallah. How are you, Brother Gareth? <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Oh, wow, that's good. <laughs> subhanallah, subhanallah. How's the family, Brother Gareth? Very good, thank you, man. And yours? Uh, excellent, excellent. Can't complain. Uh, I have to ask you this before we begin the program. How's the COVID? Are you, are you sitting at home? <laughs> How's the level four going, Gareth? Yeah, we have a, an addiction treatment clinic in Northcliffe. We've got about 65 beds throughout the entire system, and we've been very lucky and very blessed that we haven't had a COVID case yet. Mm. Um, so the business proceeds as normal. I think the high-stress times have made people rely more on addictions like drinking, drugs, and gambling. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad that we could be able to help. Mm, that's good, that's good. Quickly, before we, 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 we begin with the topic, how to overcome gambling, maybe a small introduction. Uh, of yourself. I see many, many, listen- many, many listeners, they want to know uh, who is this brother Gareth? Where is he from? What does he do? I've got somebody yeah. from Newcastle as well asking, uh, could we please know who is this brother? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yes, yes, please Gareth. Sure. Okay, so I am an internationally accredited addictions counsellor. I'm not a psychologist. I've run clinics in the UK and here at home. I'm also 28 years clean and sober from all drink and drugs. I was addicted as a teenager. Hmm. I ended up living in Tenbisa Township uh, with my dealer. It wasn't very pretty, but I'm 28 years clean and sober. Uh, I, I currently own and run a clinic in Northcliffe called Changes. The hmm. website is changesrehab.co.za and the phone number is 081-444-7000. Hmm. 81 7,000. 7, okay, listeners of Merka Sahaba, I hope you heard that from uh, our brother Gareth. So Gareth, quickly, let's go into the program. Can a person ever truly recover from gambling? Gareth. Listen, I love the question because it begins with a little bit of hope. Uh, yes, people can recover. There's evidence that gambling 
treatment is as successful as treatment for all the other addictions. Um, one of the key treatment components is mm-hmm. CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a talk therapy, and it's, it's proven to be very useful. Mm-hmm. And that's from the treatment side. From the patient side, it does require a degree of humility and motivation and certainly a sustained effort across time uh, for the restoration of one's life's meaning and purpose and to get back on track. Mm, 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 mm. Well said there. And what signs do you need to look for to, 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 to establish if someone is an addiction, he's a gambling addict? Uh, Gareth? The gambling addiction is known as several different things. The, the, the DSM-3, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the third edition came out in 1980. And they called it pathological gambling. Uh-huh. Since then, it's known as uh, compulsive gambling or gambling disorder. It's an impulse control disorder. So if you're a compulsive gambler, you, you can't control when you want to gamble, even if there's negative effects for you and your loved ones. So you'll gamble whether we win the rugby or we lose the rugby, whether you're up or you're down, whether you're broke or you're flush. You keep gambling regardless of the consequences. So you know that the odds are against you. You know that you can't afford to lose. You know that you're going to lose your job, your wife. It's going to, yes. uh, you're not going to have money to feed your kids. And you know what? You go ahead and do it anyway. Mm, 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 mm. To the listeners, 084-786-3132. 084-786-3132. How can gambling be prevented, uh, Gareth? Well, I just want to touch a bit on that second question there again, because... You know, all, all those things I listed are quite extreme. And yeah. like drink or drugs, some people can have a gambling problem without it being totally out of control. Problem gambling is any gambling behavior that is a problem. If it disrupts your life in any way, if you're preoccupied with it, if you spend more and more time or money on it, if you're chasing losses, I mean, it doesn't have to have, uh, you know, all fall down, lose your job, your wife, your kids, your house. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a middle-of-the-road difficult problem, which also needs treatment and health. Um, what, what was the last thing you asked? Uh, how can gambling be, be, be prevented? Um, like all addictions, the prevention is really around um, preventing early initiation of the problem. So most people that become addicted have started that behavior as a teenager. Mm-hmm. So also, if the community laws and norms are favorable towards the problematic behavior, that makes it you know, normalized. It makes it easier for me to start. And if I have uh, people in my family who are doing it, it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm growing up with friends in my age group who are doing it, it makes it easier. So if we can stop all of those things, that helps to prevent the initiation and then the later devastating addiction. Mm. Uh, uh, I just want to stop you there for a, uh, for a little while, uh, Gareth. I've got a question from one of the listeners, and uh, this listener is from Robert Chen. Okay, and the listener says uh, to your guest there, to Brother Gareth, I have a brother who is a recovering drug addict. On his recovery journey, he now goes missing and goes days on end at the casinos. He steals the car, he pawns the tires for money to gamble. We presume he's substituting his addiction. What can we do? This is Anonymous Sister from Robertson, Gareth. 
Okay. That is absolutely very clear cross-addiction. And cross-addiction is like changing deck chairs on the Titanic. Uh-huh. The ship is still going down, but the view from the gambling deck is different to the alcohol deck, is different to the drugs deck. Wow. It doesn't hmm. make a difference. The ship is still going down. So our recommendation is uh-huh. the same whether, you know, any addiction will go from a mild to moderate to a severe. This sounds like a very severe addiction, and our recommendation would be an assessment, possibly not even involving him in that initial assessment, and developing with the family a plan that may involve an intervention. It may involve um, even getting court orders. Mm-hmm. We, we get uh, warrants of arrest. We do form fours. We, we, we lock people up, and we give them the choice. And, and we very clearly get the families to sit them down and say to them, mm-hmm. we love and adore you, and we want the best for you. We're not prepared to sit idly by and watch you gamble your life away mm-hmm. and watch you, you know, slowly die, die of a heart attack and continue to pawn cars and bring all the financial trouble and stress on the family, the parents, the sister. We're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. So you are either going to treatment and you're going to get into recovery or these are going to be the consequences. And we will help them work that out creating some boundaries and some bottom lines. And I'll come along and do an intervention. Mm, I see the sister, she's crying at the mother, and she says that he just does he just doesn't want to change. He doesn't want to stop this gambling. He is stubborn, uh, dear brother Gareth. We took him to the rehab, but it didn't work out. Gareth. Yeah, yeah. So um, the other important thing to understand is that addiction is a brain disease. So once a person has become addicted to drugs, alcohol, or gambling, and guys, you've got to understand that this is science. We can see this on enhanced brain scans. Once a person becomes addicted, their brain structure, the the actual shape of the brain has little changes, and the function of the brain is, is different. So that, that brother, that, that gambling guy, his brain is wired to still get high. He doesn't care if the high is coming from drugs, from alcohol, from sex, from food, from gambling. It's the same thing. He's keeping his brain chemistry wired in a certain way. So what needs to happen is he needs quality treatment. He needs it for long enough. And the other side of the fence is it sounds like the sister is more concerned than the mother. I don't know the case. I don't know the details. But very often what happens is that, is that mom is the codependent. I mean, mom just loves her son. And so he pawns the car. Mm. Mom will go to the pawn shop and pay for the car to come out mm. and gives it right back to the son. So two weeks later, he goes on a binge again. He's gone for three, four days. He pawns the car. Mm. And mom will take the car out again. So mom is enabling his addiction. So again, we sit the family down. We work with them. And very sadly, um, some families are not prepared to make the changes. Mm-hmm. Mom will continue to codependently enable his addiction. And so he's not really the problem. The mother's the problem. Mm-hmm. So it's a difficult thing for the family to come to terms with. Sure, I just can't believe it what Gareth is saying this evening. But anyway, before we continue with Gareth, let's cross over to one of our senior teachers. Uh, He's also a very, very well-known, renowned uh, uh, alim person throughout the country. Uh, Molana Salim Karim, let's welcome him into the show. Ustad, are you there with me? Assalamu alaikum. Okay, I think we have a problem. Uh, Ustad, are you there? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. No. All right. Okay, let's continue. Let's go to Brother Gareth. Are you there with me? Yes, I'm there. All right. Okay. Let's go to another listener. There's a listener from Azadville. 
And um, she's asking, do you perhaps have any for, for our little daughters, our little young sisters, for females? Because she says, my daughter, she keeps on relapsing. So maybe, I don't know what's relapsing. Gareth? Well, I'm not sure what she's relapsing on, if she's relapsing, if her primary addiction is a gambling one, and she keeps returning to gambling. Or, you know, so each case can be very complex. She might have her primary addiction might be an eating disorder, which developed when she was 12 years old and she's at school and some of her friends said that she was a little bit chubby and fat mm-hmm. and so she began to restrict her calories and then she's cross-addicted to gambling. I don't know what it means by relapsing. Is that drinking drugs? Is it... I don't know. But if phone 81 7000 tomorrow morning, we will assess all these cases. The assessment's free of charge and will help out where we can. Okay, I'm coming back to you with that word relapse. I see the sister just uh, replied uh, to, to your question. Let's go to Malana Salim. Ustad, are you there? Salamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Wa ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban. And good evening to Brian. Nice to have you on the program. And may the Almighty bless you with good health and wisdom. And let us try to help the community uh, with the experience that you have. Mm. And we hope that we could have peace in our life. We can treasure the bounties of Almighty, use it for the benefit of mankind, and not using wealth and ill-gotten wealth to destroy our families and morals. Uh, 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 just before we, uh, just for correction, uh, it's not Brian Blame, it's a brother Gareth Cutter. Unfortunately, Brian could not make it this evening, so we got hold yes. of, yes, we got hold of brother Gareth. Ustad. Uh, I apologize for that. Uh, good evening to you, and may the Almighty bless you, and I'm sure uh, with your wisdom and uh, the way you go about uh, handling these matters, I think our listeners will definitely enjoy the program and take the valuable advice that you shall give to them. We, 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 we're sitting on about uh, 17 questions in total to you and to Brother Gareth. There's a doctor wants to know, what is the Islamic viewpoint on gambling? Molana Salim Karim, Ustad. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi al-lazina s-tafa. Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minas shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Qala Allahu ta'ala innama al-khamru wal-maysir wal-ansab wal-azlamu rijsum min amali shaytan wajtanibu. The Quran is very, very clear. Innama al-khamru wal-maysir. Verily, wine and gambling is an evil. Innam al-khamru wal-maysir wal-ansab wal-ajsamu rijsum min amali shaytan. It is a filth and an act of the devil. Fajta nibuhu, stay away, far away. Abstain. Fajta nibuhu la'allakum tuflihun, so that you may gain success. You see, this ill-gotten wealth that we all are running behind, and this is greed, you know. We are not content with what Allah has given to us. If we can just appreciate the bounties of the Almighty, and when you earn your own wealth with your own sweat, with your own effort, you can feel the difference compared to the money that you get. Ill-gotten wealth. And that's what gambling is all about. Mm. So Almighty Allah has made it very clear in the Quran as far as Sharia is concerned. It's a no-go area at all. Inamul khamru wal 
verily alcohol and gambling and all that goes with it, ritsum min amali shaitan. It is something that is filth, something that is dirty. It's an act of shaitan, devil. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِهُونَ فَجْتَنِبُوهُ Stay far away from it. وَمَا أَتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَحَاكُمْ أَنْهُ فَانْتَحُوهُ Allah Park in the Quran has clearly stated, وَمَا أَتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ Whatever the Prophet of Allah has asked us to do, we should carry that out. And whatever he has asked us to stay away from it, we should abstain. So Islam is very clear. Islam wants you to earn halal wealth. See, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَأَحَلَّ اللَّهُ الْبَيَعَ وَحَرَّمَ الْرِبَعَ Allah has made business halal and Allah has made interest haram. So ill-gotten wealth, it's a chance that you are taking. This is not acceptable. So in Islam, it's quite clear. Let us see, you know, from delusion to destruction, you have this in your mind, you know, I'm going to earn tons of money. And eventually, Mulana, I was telling you the other day, mm-hmm. you know, people go to such extent when it comes to gambling. You must just see what happens at the casino. Sure. The hard-earned money, end of the month, instead of taking it to their family and providing and paying the bills, they are heading for the casino thinking that I'm going to get a lot of money. With the result, they come out from there without a cent, lost everything. They are begging for food. They prepare to sell their car. They prepare to sell their watches. Mm. And some of them, Molana, even prepare to sell their family. This is how addictive gambling is. Mm. The lights that are flashing there, the sound of the coins that are there. So yes, Molana, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Molana, I've got this call coming from Radio Islam. Inshallah, I just need 10 minutes mm-hmm. and I come back to you. Okay, okay, Ustad. We'll come back to you, Inshallah. Well, it's uh, 25 minutes uh, to 10 o'clock. Let's go back uh, to uh, Brother Gareth. Uh, Gareth, would you like to maybe just to give a small input on uh, what uh, Molana Salim just uh, mentioned? Gareth, are you there? Yes, yes, hi. Um, I love how he began speaking about peace uh, and Yes, and not abusing uh, wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, I think that's important. And some of the defects of character that can drive addiction. Of course, it's greed. I have this magical thinking that you know I'm going to walk in with my salary and walk out with five times, and then I can you know upgrade my house, my car, my life, my wife. Um, but once addicted, people the element of choice. Mm is diminished or removed. So despite the fact that my imam says it's, it, it's, it's evil and it's the work of the devil and all, my imam says it and my, my parents said it and my friends said it, mm. once I'm addicted, my brain chemistry is wired for me to continue doing it. And that's why Allah has given us comprehensive, yes. professional, good treatment. Mm, mm, mm. There's a question from Botswana. Uh, the, the, the brother is asking, if a person is addicted to gambling, can he go to, to the extent where he wants to beat up his brother, his sister, uh, his entire household? Because uh, I see the question, it's a, it's, a, it's a lengthy question, where it says here, uh, he actually beat badly his mother. Can they do that? Can a gambler do that, uh, Gareth? 
Absolutely. Drug addicts, alcoholics, gamblers. But who knows? That's one line. Can a gambler do that is the question. We don't know if that person was only seen gambling once, and that's what the family assumes that the problem is. Maybe they're a paranoid schizophrenic. Mm. Maybe they, you know, we don't know. We don't know. So, yes, yes, desperate, addicted people can do that. But I don't know if that's where that person was. Mm. Allahu Akbar. 23 minutes uh, to 10. Many, many questions are coming in. Yes, uh, please feel free. Brother Gareth is with you. He will be with us till 10 o'clock. Somebody wants uh, Brother Gareth's details. He wants, uh, they want your, your email. But of course, at the end of the program, I, w- I will be asking uh, Brother Gareth just to share his details, his information with us. Uh, there's a youngster here. I'm 19 years old, dear Brother Gareth. I'm an addiction of alcohol. I'm trying so hard, so hard, Gareth, but it's hard to come out of it. My family has thrown me out in the streets. I'm now living in Johannesburg by some Nigerians. I need help. This is Brother Fayaz. I'm 24 hours always drunk. How do we help this brother, Brother Gareth? Okay, so this is the exact, um, it's a great example of addiction. He has a young 19-year-old man. Do you think this man, 10 years ago, at 9 years old, thought, oh, you know what I want? When I'm 19, I want to be living with Nigerians in Johannesburg, drunk 24 hours a day. I've lost the love and affection and accommodation of my family. I have no prospects. I don't know what kind of things this young man's doing to get money. Do you think 10, 10 or 5 years ago he said, oh, that's the life I want? Absolutely not. There's no way that he's choosing to do these things. He's powerless over his addiction, and his life is becoming a train wreck because of his addiction. Very often the difficulty in in these kind of cases is that um, he's probably, you know, I'm like 100% sure he's not on a medical aid. Yes. So so we Mm. either try to fundraise some money for treatment for him, or he doesn't have many options. There's a... Life Hospital and semi-state-sponsored free rehab out in Ranfantine. Uh, mm-hmm. The waiting list is quite long, but that's probably his best bet. But for private treatment, the same in America, Europe, Australia, a- anywhere, if you don't have private health insurance or money to pay for treatment, your back's against the wall and you've got to wait on the state, which mm-hmm. is never a good thing. Mm. So, so, so I want to ask you, Gareth, do you think uh, by training him, out in the streets, do you think what the parents did, do you think is that justified? Do you think they're wrong as well as parents? Or maybe they're fed up? I don't know. I'm just asking you, Gareth. Yeah. This is a very tough one because yeah. the parents might have been thinking, you know, this is he's just making bad choices. Mm-hmm. He's being bloody-minded. He's being self-willed. And we need to teach him a good lesson and we're going to kick him out and that'll stop his drinking and then he can come back. Unfortunately, he seems to be on a path that's leading him to worse and worse places. So, again, I don't know. This kid could have been violent in the household from 15 and threatened his grandmother with a knife. And so Mm. the parents called the police and got him out. We don't know. Mm. So, again, it's a case where we don't have all the details. But I promise you, any parents... Mm -hmm. If you think about your 18 or 19-year-old son mm-hmm. and you kick him out and you say, you cannot come back here, you need to be in a fairly desperate, sad, horrible position to kick your son out. And that's the reality of addiction. It's a horrible thing. It's a horrible place. 
So, so, so the youngster is listening to you, Gareth. Again, I'm going to go to you again. This youngster, 19 years old, he's listening to you at the moment. What's your message? Does he move out from there? Where to? Where does he go to? Well, uh, that's the difficulty. But get him um, at the end of the show. I'll give you the cell number. Yeah. He phones it tomorrow. He asks for me specifically. Yes. I will. I, I will do. I will get him a bed somewhere, somehow, some way, and we'll get him into a low cost, no cost kind of rehab. Mm. He, but he, he really should be going to Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Those twelve step programs are so useful. Mm. Uh, well, listeners, if you are listening, please, please don't take people's names. I see somebody is very angry this evening. He says, I don't care if my son has to die. It's better. It's better. What is better? He's better written than whatever. I don't know what the listener is saying here, Gareth. Uh, I think it's a parent as well. He says he's better off, better than dead because we are suffering. Uh, Gareth, this is anonymous. Yeah. yeah. So... What happens yeah. when when your son is addicted? He's stolen your TV four times. He's sold your car. He's beat up your wife. Yeah. His parents get so hurtful and so at the end exactly. of the tether that you know many parents express later feeling so guilty and so ashamed that they wish their son was dead because if their son died, there's some closure. The mess and the havoc and the chaos is finished. And then the family can move on and start to repair themselves. My family kicked me out when I was 18 or 19. They said, you can't come back here. Mm. And, and it, was, it was terrible for all concerned. But it was one of the things that began to turn me around. And, um, and, 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 and this was driven by my father. My mom was the codependent. She still wanted to give me a place to stay in hot water and food and buy me clothes and take care of me. Uh, and as it turns out, being kicked out was a great thing. Mm. So <laughs> I, I, I'm shocked. How do you approach a gambler? I mean, I mean, do you go, do you go with two or three people or do you go alone? or do? How do you approach a gambling addict? How? Gareth? Well, it depends on the severity of their condition. So if it's a mild gambling problem, we could provide outpatient group therapy and individual counseling and lectures. Mm -hmm. If it's a severe problem, like that sister who sent in a text about the brother, that's a severe problem. And if he's unwilling to go for treatment, we we would get a court order. and, And I would pitch up. With, with a police van and show him the warrant of arrest and the court order and say, you're either coming with me to treatment now, the food's nice, the place is nice, the medical aid in your family's paying for long-term and you're very, very lucky, or you get in the police van and it's, they will get you in front of a magistrate within about four hours and the magistrate's going to tell you exactly the same thing. You go to private treatment or you wait in a jail cell until a bed becomes available in a state facility. Which one do you want? Mm. Now... I've done about 170 interventions. I've never had, there was one guy from the UK who said, screw you, I'm going to go in the police van. Uh-huh. As soon as the police cuffed him and kicked his feet out, because the police are a little bit different to the police in the UK. 
<laughs> he, he immediately said, okay, 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 I'll go to treatment. So when, when patients with severe addiction problems are presented with the reality of either come with me to nice treatment yeah. or go in a pleat stand, they always choose to come to nice treatment. They're so grateful that they don't speak to their family for, for a month. They are angry and peed off and they do not want to be there, but they can still get better. Mm. I, I, I see uh, uh, listeners in Newcastle, Gareth, uh, in Muddleburg as well, and in Broncospreit as well. They want to know from you if uh, are there any rehabilitation facilities for gamblers, uh, Gareth? Yes, uh, but in this country, it's problematic because the medical aids don't pay for gambling addiction treatment in an addiction treatment yeah. center. Yeah. But they will pay for it in a psychiatric clinic. So there are several psychiatric clinics where your medical aid will pay for 21 days of, of treatment, and there's some, some ones that are better than the others. So again, phone the number at the end of the show, and let's see if there's an individual case, if we can help to guide you guys towards the right kind of clinics. Um, if it's a severe one, they need long-term, and, and post the psychiatric clinic, they would come to us for long-term. But um, I, yeah, I just want to make a note about mm-hmm. um, the... The problem with gambling addiction is much like cigarette smoking. Cigarettes and the, um, the UN Office on Drugs and Crime, every few, few years, gathers enough data and they release this big report. And in 2016 was the last one that I saw and read. Yeah. Um, guess how many people die from drugs, legal and illegal drugs, in 2016 around the whole world? Yeah. Give us a figure. Do you, do you, yeah, yeah. Do you, do, can, can you guess how, how many say, people? Let's say um, 5,000? No, 450,000 around the whole world. What? And illegal drugs. Guess how many people died from alcohol? Three million people. Do you know yeah, how many people Allah. died from cigarettes? Seven. So the, the problem with... Cigarettes. Sure. I mean, drink and drugs, the problems come quite quickly. Uh-huh. Your boss, your wife, your, everybody begins to notice quite quickly. But, but the problem with cigarettes is that by the time there's, there's warning signs which are affecting your health, you're mm-hmm. dying mm-hmm. of lung cancer and emphysema, et cetera. They're very serious illnesses that have high morbidity and low recovery rates. And it's the same with gambling, that by the time the family's had enough of the problem, the, the, the addiction is so far advanced that, that they've lost the house, the car, the medical aid, and they can't afford to pay for treatment. So I would really encourage anybody who knows that they have a problem or has a loved one who has a problem, get sure. treatment early. Reach out for help early. Hmm. I see there's a teacher here, Gareth. Of course, we don't have much time as well. Uh, perhaps maybe we, we should continue with this topic. Maybe not next week, but of course, when you're available again. There's a teacher from, uh, from Escort. And she says, yeah, hi, Gareth. I'm a female teacher. I just want to bring it to your notice. Which is worse? Is it gambling? Is it alcohol? Is it drugs? Is it stealing? Uh, teacher from Escort. Gareth. Well, they're all pretty severe problems, uh-huh. um, and do I answer that from a moral perspective, from a client perspective, from an economic cost to the country, in each individual's life, in the family's life? You know, it's really hard to say. Again, it needs to be assessed on an individual basis and look at one case 
and see what's going on before we could make those kind of judgments. Mm. Uh, uh, let's go back to Molana Salim. Uh, and, and I've got a question for Gareth and Molana Salim. I just want Molana Salim to help this mother here. Uh, she's in a problem, in a big problem as well. But let's cross over to Molana. Ustad, are you there? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. I'm back. Sorry for that. No, 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 no not a problem. Uh, Ustad, we, 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 we busy discussing regarding this gambling, myself and brother Gareth, and many, many questions are coming in. So um, there's a mother just, just sent a question right now. She wants to know from you and Gareth, uh, my daughter, she is an addict of weed, of weed. So she wants to know, is that a big problem? Do you think uh, on a long term she will be an addict? This is a mother from Johannesburg. Uh, to you, Malana Salim Ustad. Well, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salatu wasalam has said to us, uh-huh. when Allah blesses you with children, keep a good name for your child. Mm-hmm. Give them the best Islamic education so they know what is right from wrong, what is permissible and what is not permissible. And discipline your children. Discipline your children. So number one, keep a good name. Number two, give them the best Islamic education. And number three, when they reach a marriageable age, get them married. Hadith of the Prophet Every aspect that intoxicates, whether it's weed, whether it's cocaine, Mm. whether it's alcohol, whether any form of these types of intoxicant in terms of sharia is haram. And again, I'm saying, as parents, we need to be role models. You know, we don't, I don't understand, you know, our government, and I don't understand the manufacturers. Mm. No, no. They know that this is destructive. They've got no care whatsoever about life, what alcohol can do, what intoxicants can do. Mm. And they write there, smoking is harmful to your health. And by the billions of dollars, they are manufacturing and selling. Does this make sense? So Nabi Karim in Islam, it's very clear. Mm. Everything that intoxicates. So here is a parent who has a problem. And now because the government has, I think, legalized weed and whatever comes from it, it's now open the doors of destruction. Because everything that you use, yeah, sometimes a doctor prescribes it, it's something, a Schedule 2 or Schedule 5 drug, I'm not sure. For medical reasons, you mm-hmm. can understand. But for pleasure and long-term destruction, this body does not belong to you. Remember this, respected listeners, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you this body. This body requires rest. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, look after two things. Number one, value quality time. And number two, value your health. So it's common sense mm. that those things that will destroy my health, my mind and my body, mm. why should I get myself involved in it? So from an Islamic perspective for this mother, maybe she should take her daughter, inshallah, to a psychologist. Maybe she needs some help. Why is she taking it? What is it giving to her? What is it doing to her mindset? Mm. Maybe they need to take her to a clinical psychologist. Maybe she's got issues in her life. Mm. She's finding comfort in this. 
And this is not the solution to her problem. Mm, mm. Well said, Ustaz. Well, so, Gareth, do you think maybe perhaps it's her friends uh, that because she's on weed? And do you think maybe uh, on a long term, she, I don't know, do you think it will be a problem, Gareth? Uh, yeah, look, I just want to touch briefly on um, what you, you were saying, because I'm no Islamic expert, but um, Islam is very clear that any kind of intoxication is haram. And yes. You, you know, you're supposed to find your... You know, your rest and your peace and your power in Allah. So I think, um, you know, for people who are leading that kind of life away from the mosque and Allah and Islam and that lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you're going to come into some kind of problems. And Dhaka is a major problem in this yes, country. And yes. when, when I was growing up, the... The Dhaka that was smoked then, the Dhaka today is about 200 times stronger. One of the most severe drugs that we see in the rehab is Dhaka. The patients come in psychotic. So mm-hmm. young males will think they are um, Jay-Z and rap stars. And, they, and, and some of them think there's like snakes crawling underneath their skin. And some think there's something in the roof. So many people go psychotic from mm-hmm. smoking pot. It's a very severe addiction. And by the time the mom's on the phone to your radio show saying, does she have a problem? She's got a problem because it's a problem for her mother. That's a drug problem. Mm, 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 mm. What I'm going to do, we don't have much time, so we're gonna, we've got about uh, 15 minutes left for the program. We're going to end at uh, 5 past 10. Uh, I've got a very serious question just uh, just came in uh, to Brother Gareth and to Molana Salib. And I'm going to address this question to both of my guests. And I'm going to ask both of the guests, inshallah, just to give their advice, their input. Maybe three minutes each because there are so many questions that are coming in. Ustad, are you there with me, Ustad? Yes. There's a sister who needs assistant, urgent help. And to you and to Brother Gareth, she says... Uh, I suspect my son is part and parcel of a gambling ring. His friends are dodgy, and they always have large amounts of money. Am I being paranoid, or should I address this? I found a black bag underneath my son's bed with 200 rand notes with a total amount of 170,000 rand. What do I do? I need urgent help. This is a sister from Renberg. To you, Molana Salim, and to Brother Gareth, Ustad. Hmm. Allah, Akbar. Sure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. This is what I'm saying. Mm. As parents, we need to be vigilant as to the type of behavior our children are showing at home. Mm. The activities that they are involved with, the friends that they associate with, mm-hmm. the places where they go to. Now imagine that amount of money is mm. found by a young man. People work all their lives, Molana. They weren't able to save that amount of money. Sure. Yeah, by the thousands and by the millions. Molana, it's well said. You uh-huh. see, show me a gambler and I'll show you a loser. Sure. Show me a gambler and I'll show you a loser. The sure way of getting nothing for something. What is gambling, Molana? Uh-huh. Well said. The sure way of getting nothing for something. In the end, you're an absolute loser. So this son, the parents need to investigate, inshallah, where did this money come? Mm. Because if that money is stolen, if it's money laundering, 
It's people who are using him as a mule, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So it requires investigation. The parents need to address the son and try to get to the bottom of where this money comes from. Mm. It's obvious the parent didn't give it to him. Definitely. Nor did the mother give it to him. Definitely. And nor is he in that position to own that type of money. The mother says... Obviously, a syndicate, there's somebody behind this who's asking him to keep that money. I may be wrong, but it just doesn't look good for a young man to have that amount of money, cash, in his house or under his bed. Mm. Uh, the mother says that to both of you, the mother says that she's afraid of her son being locked. But, but I mean, Ustad, 170,000, how, how are you going to hand over to your, your son, your own blood and flesh? Ustad? Mara, you have to be cruel to be kind. You have to be sure. cruel to be kind. This is the problem, Rana. We feel sorry and we condone the wrong of our children. And in the end, we sit with the problem. We sit crying the whole night running from pillar to post, looking for help, looking for an attorney, looking for bail money, looking for all types of facilities to take your son out. Sometimes, Monana, you need to be cruel to be kind. Sure. To bring this type of disgrace to the family, she shouldn't be scared. She should, inshallah, speak to an alim, speak to an attorney, or speak to a social worker, or speak to a, a psychologist, inshallah, try and get help and get to the bottom. Monana, Today he brought a bag full of money. Tomorrow he'll empty that whole house. Astaghfirullah. When those those drug merchants and those gamblers will come with guns and make him empty his whole house. There was one case of a young man. He used to gamble. And when he couldn't repay the debt, they came overnight and they took that expensive car. Mm. It was a lotus car. Mm -hmm. Two, three million rand. Just took it like that. And they told the parents, this is what your child is owing to us. If you want to live and you want him to live, give give us the car keys and they left. So, Monana, if you're going to condone this type of wrong things, you need to get help. This is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) It is wrong, yes. I'm saying hate the crime, don't hate the person. But, Monana, as parents, we need to also instill discipline and values in our children. Mm-hmm. I want to go. I, I, I want to go to Brother Gareth. Uh, Gareth, what's your advice to the sister here? She says here to you and to Molana Salim, uh, she has contacted a police officer, but the police officer says that uh, he will help them. She must just hand the money over, but she's afraid of doing that because I mean, hundred and seventy thousand rand, Gareth. Oh, <laughs> when you began to speak about this mother and her concerns for her son, I was immediately going to say, well, the mother must trust her intuition. If she feels like there's something wrong, that's just how she knows when there's something wrong. Indeed. But when you said 170 grand, he's obviously involved in some kind of illegal activity. Yes. I was not involved with police. That policeman's going to take the money. Look, I don't know that policeman, but, but it's potential for a big hole that the money goes missing. I would... Try to engineer a situation where he gives that money back to whoever, what part of the food chain it needs to be in, give them the back, and you send him to Durban for two years. <laughs> you, you, put, you set him up in another life in, yeah. but, I don't know, somewhere for a long time. Mm. So, 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 I don't know. How, how do we help this, uh, uh, the, the, the mother, Gareth, and to Molana Salib? Because I can see uh, the police are in now, and it's 170,000 rand. And uh, she says here that my son doesn't want to own up. He says it's the friend's money. Come on, uh, Gareth. 170,000 rand. 
Well, no, let's, could, let's call the friend around to the house and let's give him back his money. Sure. And you, my dear friend, you now take that money and you go. And if you ever set foot on the property again, I'm getting a protection order and I'm going to ha have you arrested and do not come here again. Yes, well, Ustad, what's your input, Ustad? Well, that's, he needs to go into interrogation. He's trying to cover up for his friend. Again, I'm saying, Monona, there's a big syndicate who's doing money laundering. This is mm. 170,000 is like play, play, Monona. It's like pure rand. No, Ustad. Millions of rands, Monona, that is going through and slipping through. And unfortunately, as I said, if the police is called, uh, whether that money will be in safekeeping or not, we cannot point fingers. But I think that's not the way. He must own up and we must get to the bottom of it. Because tomorrow he can be framed, the, fr the friend could be picked up and when he will say that I don't have the money, uh, I have no idea who this individual is and your son will sit in prison for 10 years or 15 years. Mm. So if you want the betterment of your child, you need to, inshallah, get help, speak to the elders in the family, go to the parents of this, whoever has given him this money, yeah. and let's get to the bottom of it. Mm. I see many listeners, uh, I see many listeners are giving their input. Uh, there's a listener from Rodeport, and they say that, uh, who knows, maybe this youngster killed somebody or murdered somebody for this 170,000 rand. But anyway, Ustad, we don't have much time. I'm going to ask uh, Gareth for his last few words uh, to the listeners of Merkaz Sahaba. Uh, we've got about seven minutes left, and I'm going to ask you as well. And I think maybe we should move this to part two. We should continue with this, because I've got so many questions. I've got one from <laughs> from Lanasia as well. <laughs> I've got one from uh, Maputo as well. So uh, I don't know if we should continue. I'm going to ask maybe Brother Gareth, uh, what's your advice to all our mothers, sisters, fathers out there, to all the married couples? And there's a very sad one that just came in now where it says that my daughter got hijacked, she got shot, and they took her car, Gareth, not realizing that the father was involved with this hijacking cars. He's a gambler. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that sounds pretty sick. Um, any questions, queries, concerns, please go to changesrehab.co.za. That's change like you change your shoes with an S on the end. Changesrehab.co.za or phone is 081-444-7000. Tomorrow morning, I'll gladly help all the questions. Okay, okay. So just say it again, changesrehab.co.za. Yeah. All right. And the number is 081 That's the one. All right, all right. Kenneth, before you leave us this evening, just your final input, your advice to all the listeners out there. If they are sitting in this situation... I mean, you, we spoke about a 19-year-old boy, Fayaz, who's at the moment sitting with the Nigerians. Their parents threw them out. He's out in the streets. What's your advice to all, to all of the listeners out there, Gareth? That particular, the 19-year-old, can send a please call me to that 7,000 number tomorrow. I'll call him back. And I particularly want to try to see what we can do to help him. Guys, get early intervention. If there's an addiction problem, whether it's mild or moderate or severe, whether it's drink, drugs, alcohol, sex, food, gambling... Get early intervention. Don't wait around until things get so bad that, it, that the houses all fall down. You, your, your mother's intuition knows that there's a problem. Uh, you know, we, we, we grow up amongst each other. We know our friends, our community, our families. We know if there's a problem. Don't be scared to address it. Uh, mm. Get early intervention. Get help early. It, it, the outcomes are much better. Mm.
Okay, get up. Oh, and yes. I, I would love to do a part two and a part 22. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> We're definitely going to do that, Brother Gareth. I see that another question came in, but I have to tell you bye-bye because my, <laughs> I've got about th- three minutes left. Uh, there's a listener from Boxburg says, my son is a sex addiction. I need help. Yep. That's what it says. I need help. But Gareth, yep. uh, thank you so much. Uh, definitely, we're going to do part two. Definitely. Top man. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Uh, that was, yes, that was brother Gareth Carter. Ustad, before I leave you, uh, oh, Ustad, I don't even know where to go, uh, what to tell you. Your advice, inshallah, before you leave us this evening, Ustad. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect the ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from all types of vice. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, is the person mm-hmm. who is now a sex, uh, what, do, what can we call him? Mm-hmm. Sex addict. He may be a pedophile, I don't know. He has some issues. And one of the kitab that I was reading, all this azab that you are seeing that is taking place, it all boils down to two things. It boils down to money, and it boils down to sexual relationships. Sure. And Allah's azab, Rasulullah Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when zina will become the order of the day, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring about a lot of destruction. So our dua to Allah ta'ala is that to our parents, please get up at the Hajju time mm-hmm. and cry to Allah Ta'ala for the hidayat and protection of your children. Ke Allah Paak keep their akhlaq and their iman salamat. <laughs> One dua that I'm asking each and every parent to make, that, oh Allah, whatever it is, get some spiritual help for your children. Ya Allah. Change the mahol at home. Let namaz, tilawat, zikrullah and istighfar, though in small measure, but on continual basis, inshallah, Allah realization and Allah consciousness will come into us. This is my dua, and this is my request to our listeners. We will get so many other questions coming in, Mulana, mm. that you and I will fall on our back and we cannot believe that this is happening in the Muslim community. But Ustad, I want to stop you there before you leave us. I'm not understanding. The mother says the son is not married. So, so, so just put me into this, into this thinking. What, do, what does she mean? He's a sex addiction, but he's not married to start. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ya ma'ashir al-shabab. Mm. Oh, young people. Mm-hmm. Those of you have the ability and capability of getting married, get married. It's an instruction. It will help you to lower your gaze and it will help you to protect your private parts. And if you can't do that, then keep Rosa because Rosa will suppress your lust. Sure. Clear directive, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi salatu wasalam. Then a sahabi Rasulullah asked him, are you married? He says, no, uh-huh. Rasulullah. Rasulullah said, do you have a slave girl? He says, yes. Then why aren't you getting married? If you're not getting married, then you are the brother of shaitan. Because shaitan will destroy you. That's why Rasulullah said, when your child reaches a marriageable age, get them married. Why? Look at what is happening with pornography. Look at what is happening with nudity. See what is happening with alcohol. Look at all the drugs. All these destructive factors all lead to a corrupt society, unfortunately, and a corrupt, corrupt, a corrupt behavior. So may Allah Ta'ala protect us again. I'm, I'm begging you all to get up at the hundred time and cry for your children. Manana, to end it here, mm. <laughs> a gambler is nothing 
but a man who makes his living out of false hope yeah. that I'm going to go and gamble there and I'm going to build a palace and I'm going to drive a Ferrari and I'm going to build a mansion and I'm going to have my own private jet. Gee, a gambler is nothing but a man who makes his living out of false hope. <laughs> and you want to save yourself and you want to protect yourself, what's the easiest way to stop gambling? The safe way of doubling your money is to fold it over once. Unless you got the 200 rand, fold it over once and put it quietly in your pocket. Sure. The safe way to double your money is to fold it over once and put it in your pocket. Yeah, Allah. <laughs> show me a gambler and I'll show you a genuine loser. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. Ameen. No to gambling, no to tobacco, no to drugs, sure. and no to alcohol. Allahu Akbar. If you want to protect this ummah and your children, no to gambling, no to tobacco, hmm. no to drugs. Can you imagine that father is hijacking his daughter, Molana? Hmm. Look at him. And look at the society we live. A father, a grandfather is abusing his granddaughters. It's a sick society we're living in, Mulana. Mm. So we need to talk about this next week, Mulana. I think we should bring this on, on next week, inshallah. Definitely. There's a lot of people who are suffering with this. Mm. We need to sort, you know, sort this matter out and find a solution of how we can stop this sort of haram thing that is taking place and destroying the name of Islam and bringing disarray and disrespect to families, Mulana. Mm. It's our duty to help each other. <laughs> Allahu Akbar, Ustad. I'm out of words. I'm out of words, Ustad. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect the entire ummah of Nabiya Kareem Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Definitely, I want to continue with this next week, Thursday, inshallah, Ustad. There are so many mothers, sisters who are crying out there, Ustad. They are crying. Gee, gee, gee. Inshallah, we will, inshallah, have some good advice for them Ameen. and how we can, inshallah, Ameen. curtail all this and, inshallah, find a solution to these problems, inshallah. Ustad. Definitely tomorrow, inshallah, at about 10 o'clock, the Nikah announcements. Inshallah, we will be speaking again. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. One person I want to tell you quickly, I want to end it. Uh -huh. One person, his friends asked him, You are very happy today, you're jumping for joy. Kya baat hai? Uh -huh. What happened? Uh -huh. He said, No, I'm getting married to the princess. What do you mean you're getting married to the princess? Uh -huh. So he said, no, I'm happy. I don't know whether she's happy, but I know I'm getting married. <laughs> <laughs> we live in this false yeah, world, man. Yeah. Ustad! We have this in the <laughs> Astaghfirullah. Fiya vanila. As long as he's happy, he's not worried. <laughs> 10 minutes after 10 South African time. See you guys tomorrow morning. Same time, same place on our program. At Safina to Ilal Jannah. From myself, Brother Gareth, and of course, from Hilatul Ustad. Allahumma ahdina wahdibina wahdina sa jami'a. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.